What's up and welcome back. Propel's Talk presented to you by DraftKings Sportsbook and Company Burger. Company Burger located at 4600 for Red Street. Launching our new show here on Sunday nights, 7 o'clock. We got a good show for y'all tonight. Chaz, Lido, and Fiverr in oh. studio. We're going to have Chris and Pete come on. Of course, Jono Barnes is going to come on as well. We're going to talk midway through the season what we think about the Pelicans and who we think biggest surprises, best performances, trade targets, targets, and so on and so forth. Uh, we're about to get into it right now. Let's get into the show. Um, Lito, I'll start with you. First off, happy new year, both of y'all. Good to see Same y'all. Same to you, man. Um, so Lito, I asked y'all a question this morning. Biggest surprise. Uh, let's let's start off with you. Who is the biggest surprise this season uh, so far through 40 games? Well, I said – my answer was Jose – because I went, I took it as, you know, Jose was a guy, you know, I want to give all praises to my guy, Five, who showed me the light on Jose. I'm going to say that every time we talk about Jose, right? Like, I feel like Jose was a guy who came in and he kind of had like a, like a gimmick, right? Like he, he, he had a gimmick and coming into the season, I wanted to see one, if teams caught on to it and two, would he add anything else to it? And, you know, from the time the season ended, him going to the the national team, him coming back this season and like really being confident in his three. He's not he's not shooting a great number from three, but just the fact that like I mean, hell, you could go to that Nuggets game. You can go to like certain games uh, this season where when he felt confident in it, he was making a shot. He was taking a shot. I think taking a shot is even more important than sometimes actually making it. Because you got to be on, you know, on the floor with B.I. and Zion. You got to be able to spread the floor, right? You know, Jose has done really well at being a de facto point guard. He's done well when he's had to start at point guard. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, I would say Jose was my biggest surprise just because of those reasons. Not that I didn't think he could do it, but, you know, just coming back into it, an undrafted guy, sometimes like being put in situations, guarding, you know, the John Morantz, the Chris Pauls, the – whoever, and coming back into a second season when they have tape on you, you know, not to say I'm surprised, but I like to see it. He's added to his game, though, as well. Yeah, exactly. he, he's, he's been a lot better. Um, He's been a lot better in a lot of categories. We know defensively he's great, but his shot has been a lot better. And that, also, and that floater. Getting to I was about to say floater because me and Jared see it all the time, but he's also been probing very well. I think he yeah. got somebody um, a couple of days ago on the, uh, when he probed around the lane, just literally went in a circle and just laid it up. But, uh, Jared, you have an interesting one, and I, I agree with you with your biggest surprise. Um. Why don't you go there and elaborate a little more? Uh, it, it's Larry Nance, man. Um, Larry is smarter than I thought. I mean, that's kind of hard to say, but like, he's smarter. He's he's bouncier than than what we saw from previously previous years. Um, it, like he got his body under him. Um, seems like a good fit for the city. He's always giving back, but on, on the basketball court, like he knows what the other team wants to do and. And it feels like this position for him coming off the bench um, for the Pels and, and being able to close games as well. He's a good rebounder. I mean, sometimes he gets, you know, you know size. If you if you go against what, what was the, the Nuggets? No, it was the Jazz, right? Jazz, Jazz yeah. is probably the biggest game, right? Because they had multiple seven-footers. But other than that, man, like he doesn't really have that many holes in his game, right? He's been a better three-point shooter as well. Um, great pocket not to say passer, but 
No well, he, he came he on the pod. Be. He came on the pod yeah. before the season started and said his one of his most underrated skills was was passing. Yeah, and, and he's shown connective, that connective yeah. passer. Yeah, for sure. And he's shown that he's shown the, the ability to do that and guard one through five. Now, let me ask you this, Jared, because I, I love that answer. But over the last two weeks, he hasn't been himself. You can tell he's playing through some pain, whether it be shoulder. You know, he got hit in the head a couple weeks ago. Uh, do you think the Pelicans had to overuse him a little bit early on in the year, and you're starting to kind of see those effects, especially because JV wasn't really being effective uh, early on in the year. And Larry got a lot of minutes. I mean, he was getting 28, 30 minutes, and we didn't really pencil him in for that. Do you think that's kind of had an effect with him over these last couple of weeks? I'm sure. It's wear and tear, right? It's the, the seasonal wear and tear, and we're in the dog days of the NBA where, where, where you know, you're going to see some injuries happen. Uh, some guys are going to go down. I mean, Larry's a little older, right? And playing him, logging those minutes, those back-to-backs, and, you know, him being one of the most consistent people on the team, he was closing games, um, you know, when JV, you know, was getting played off the court, you know, Larry was taking those minutes. We were hoping that, you know, those minutes actually went to Jackson a little bit, you know, kind of spread it out, but it just didn't happen. But Larry filled in the gap, and I think he was one of the reasons why we, we kind of stayed afloat. Yeah. No, that's a really good point. Um, Chaz, let's get to you. You have also an interesting answer. Um, let you go. Uh, biggest surprise this season uh, for you. Uh, for me, uh, it would have to be Trey Murphy. Um, I, with all the you know excitement surrounding um, his sophomore season, I could not have anticipated him being this um, leaving so much to be desired this uh, sophomore season. I think defensively, you know, he's the fifteenth best defender on this roster. Um, I, I think um, his lack of shot attempts and the context of which. He shoots like, you know, he's not taking a ton of contested, taking and making a ton of contested jumpers. So that makes his height null and void, um, doesn't have a post game, can't dribble, doesn't rebound, um, doesn't get to the line. Uh, he doesn't really do anything well, now that I think about it. Um, doesn't really do anything well. Uh, I, well hold up, hold up here. Because he does shoot the ball well. But let me get to your point because you talk about I think last game he had five shot attempts, especially with Zion and, and Brandon out. Do you want him to shoot more? Do you want him to hunt his shot more? Uh, what do you want to see from him, at least here in the second half? Because we've talked about that, right, where we want Trey to shoot as much as possible. And I'm, and what do you have? Five shot attempts a couple nights ago. Um, he's I, – I agree with you there because he's such a good shooter. It's We want him to shoot more. Um. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could put it that way. Well, uh, you know, because he's uh, a really he's a good well, shooter. I'll, I'll, I'll say yeah. this. I'll say this. I'll say this. Um, Trey's a very stationary player, right? Even if he was if he was taking a bunch of catch and shoot jumpers, that still wouldn't impress me. If, if he upped his shot attempts to ten shots a game, that's why I say more so the context of which he shoots. He's not moving without the ball. He's not cutting. He's not diving. Even if he was having an off shooting night, he's not playing any defense. He's not rebounding. He's just it's not it's not necessarily excelling at anything. So his shot attempts to me, if you're shooting a bunch of wide open catch and shoot and shoot jumpers, okay, cool. But no one's ever gonna with Zion and Brandon's on this team, no one's ever gonna leave Zion to come contest your jumper. There's gonna be four people guarding Zion no matter what, and you're gonna have a wide open shot. But can you do that when Zion isn't on the floor? Can you make yourself available? Can you create any offense for yourself without being dependent upon, 
you know, the other guys getting so much attention. Like, cause I, I believe Trey has a significantly high ceiling and I'm just not seeing the, um, I'm just not seeing any uh, progression so far. Jared, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, Chaz has a point, right? I mean, I would love for Trey to, you know, be better on the defensive end. I really don't care about the shots. I mean, I know the shots are, you know, he doesn't have, but eventually, if he had 10 shots, like Chad said, if he had 10 shots, it's going to either, he's going to have a really good game or he's a really bad game. But what we would love to see from Trey is the defensive ability, use his athleticism, um, be a good rebounder. Just talk about that a little bit because we talk about rebounding and, you know, his height and his length and his athleticism is off the charts. I mean, the guy's one of the best dunkers in the league, or at least best leapers in the league with the length and, and how high he gets. But why is his rebounding total so low? That That's him. That's all about effort at this point, right? Because you got guys like Willie Hernan Gomez that can play 10 minutes and may have 10 rebounds. May have, like, it's... Is that positioning? Because Willie's, you know, with athleticism-wise... It's uh, not even close to trade. But I'm not saying get 10 all the time, right? I'm saying you shouldn't, you shouldn't, you shouldn't have games where you don't have one rebound. Or just one. Especially on the offensive side of things with crashing the boards. I mean, I'm just right. If you, he likes to leak out, right? But you can't leak out if you don't have the ball. You ever seen somebody score without the ball? No, I've never exactly. seen Exactly. So you can't even do it. You can't do it. So I, if I'm him, he can be a $100 million player if he just rebounded. Not even, I'm not talking about Dennis Rodman like rebounding. I'm talking about just average or, you know, five, seven a game. You know, that that's, those those possessions that limits those second second team second time possessions for other teams. I mean, if it's him, I'm I'm looking at it like, yo, I got a rebound. If I don't, then I'm leaving the door wide open. Yeah, I, and look, Lito, another thing. I mean, he's had three rebounds in the last two games against. He's actually had three rebounds in the last three games. Got zero rebounds. Total? Against Houston. Yeah, uh, one against Brooklyn, two against Dallas. But to also your point. Um, Chaz, you know, he's one of the best free throw shooters in the league. Mm-hmm. You're one of the best free throw shooters in the league. You got to attack. You got to get to the line. That's also for a shooter. You get in rhythm like that. Um, I mean, I, I don't have the stats right uh, now. Uh, he's a 90% free throw shooter. I don't know how many attempts he's getting, but you'd like to see more. And by doing that, you have to attack more. I said that. I said the same thing when Devontae Graham was going through his slump early in the season. You know, you're a, he's a shooter, right? But you're a basketball player first. Before you specialize in anything, you specialize in playing basketball. Three rebounds in three games, three rebounds total in three games is unacceptable, especially for one of the tallest players, tallest, most athletic players on the team. Like, you, you got to give effort. And I think that's, like Five said, it, it's effort, it's, it's, it's will, it's, it's motor. It's just, yo, I'm not about to let you get this rebound over me. Like, I don't care who you are. I... I think I was disappointed more so last game with, you know, B.I. out, Zion out, C.J. out. And I think he had seven shots total. Three or seven from the field, one or four from deep. I don't care about the makes. I want more misses. I, I because, because to me, that's telling a whole different story. Like, you got confident in your shot. Yeah, it's not going in, but I'm going to keep shooting it. I'm going to keep shooting yeah. it. Man, look at Najee Marshall. Bro, like, he, yeah, man. And, and Jose and, Alvarado. It don't matter. Devontae Graham. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, hey, we're piling up on Trey right now. but I don't think we, we are. But hold on. I don't necessarily we are. I'm just saying we see that the ceiling, right? We, we see what he can be, and that's what we – it looks like you want to go, Jared. Yeah, go ahead. I'm just going to – this this isn't like 
oh, we don't like Trey Murphy. No, we see potential in Trey Murphy. It's the only we, reason we're talking about yeah, it. Yeah, if if we didn't like, like, why would we even be talking about it? Like, <laughs> like, bro, we know we can see where these your your abilities can be used, and you can really, you know, to kind of take off, right? If you want to be a superstar in this league, you got to be able to do everything on the basketball court, not just one singular thing. Yeah. I mean, look, in the last month and a half, he's he's shot eight three-point attempts twice. Once against Oklahoma City. And we were saying uh, we wanted 10 a game. That's it. We want 10 He a game. should be getting 10. Like, that's, that's what yeah. we, we've said. We wanted One of the best shooters in the league. Yeah, shooters, though. You said, you said he should be getting. Are you, are you saying this is – are you saying – this is maybe a coaching-related issue, too? We talked about this. I'm glad you asked this question, right? We talked about it. Because I had this problem with Zion early on. I'm like, at, at some point, you have to demand the basketball. Like, you know what you're good at. You got to demand the basketball. Trey Murphy, like, you want shots up? Like, you got to move off ball. Like, people are saying, well, the, Coach Green's got to call set plays. It's not that easy. Like, when you got Brandon and CJ and JV, and Zion, like, you're not going to get set plays. Like, you got to move off the ball. But to your point, though, a lot of guys are now running Trey Murphy off the line. Then he's got to attack. If I'm if I'm Trey Murphy, I'm a, I'm becoming a better screener. Why? Because if I become the if mm-hmm. I become the screener, yes. And if I screen for Zion, you're Brandon, back screens, down screens, etc. Any any screen, any yeah. screen. But if I if I on ball screen, right? If I'm just in the action, mm-hmm. okay. Either two are gonna go with CJ Brandon or Zion, and I'm left wide open, or somebody's gonna get it's gonna be a mismatch, mismatch. and I'm get, they're getting downhill. And then once you see that, then you you if I'm Trey, I'm back screening for Najee, right? Because if he makes one, he makes two. Oh, okay, now you're gonna jump that. Oh, now now I'm in the in the lane. And I can make it a maybe able to slip it and get a dunk. Like, bro, there's so many options. So two of the best. Back, I didn't mean to cut you off because we're we're about to get Kristen on here. Kristen, I see it, but uh, two of the best back screeners in the league play for the same team as Clay Thompson and Steph Curry. Oh my God. The here. best back screeners in the league because guess what? Even if you back screen for Draymond, right? Just even you have to protect that because it's a layup. Everybody in this world can make a layup. And then that then <laughs> That not everyone. I was just gonna say, but in, in man, and I hate to, I don't hate to do it. I'm just we just being honest, right? So like, there have been times where he does get the mismatch, like he had Londell on him for Phoenix, and he he let him off the hook. He had him, he had the he had the lane, and he just passed it. Nah, nah. I think he, bro, Trey, if you listen to this. Bro, I, I feel like you have so much potential. I think Same. you have length, really athleticism. Like you get in the lane, you can shoot the one foot fade away. You can just rise up a over whoever's guarding you. You can you can dunk on them. Like we're gonna to be we're gonna continue this conversation, Chaz. Hey, uh, special yeah. guest on Kristen Peak NBA draft analysis for Yahoo Sports. Kristen, thanks for joining the show. Hey. Welcome. How are you? I am so happy to be here. Like. Like thank I'm, you for I'm being, here. yeah. Thank you for being I'm patient. We're gonna get to the New Year's and everything. I'm here like that. to defend my honor and my family <laughs> in New Orleans. And like, when I saw how much, first of all, okay, do we need to set this up? Because I feel yeah, like we're gonna share the tweet. We're, we're gonna share the tweet with you. We're okay, gonna share the tweet, sweet. and then you'll get to a, you'll you'll get to elaborate a little bit. So go ahead. Go um, ahead. Krista had a t- she made our infamous list of uh, the shit list, Pell's twelve shit list, and uh, she had actually uh, was was shocked that she had made the list. Uh, so we'll pull it up here real quick and, and see what she said. So 
That's exactly what I said. Yes. And I will. <laughs> so that's exactly right. what you said. All right. So, uh, Chris, I'm going to just pitch it to you, give you a layup. Um, go ahead. The floor is yours. No, I, and honestly, like I, re- I don't, when, when I saw that I made this shit list, I was like, um, <laughs> what did I do? Because I, I like have nothing but love for like the organization for Zion uh, me and CJ following ch- follow each other on social media. I've known BI forever. So like it was very, I was like, what did I do? And then when I saw people saying like, oh no, we never forget. We never forget. And they saw, and I, and I remembered, I tweeted this. And I honestly think I tweeted that more out of frustration of the Donovan Mitchell situation in Utah than like anything like it was just like a small market dig that i didn't think would get any traction and like mind you like i don't leave my mentions on on twitter so like all of the pelican fans that were hating on me when that tweet was initially sent i never saw it because i'm just like whatever i bet you my mom saw it and she was probably like why are all these people hating on my daughter but i never saw it so i just like tweeted it forget move on like I just thought I was like tongue-in-cheek whatever I didn't really mean it seriously but uh, apparently everybody else took it seriously and I'm sorry I'm sure Zion is so happy in New Orleans he never wants to leave and I'm so sorry I ever said anything (laughs) and I'm looking at like can I tell you I have this like wall of fame in my office and I was like oh here's me interviewing Zion one, two, three times. Here's me with BI. Like I'm looking at it. I'm like, I love, I love New Orleans. Like, I don't even know why I said that, but I honestly, when I look at the date, I was like, this had to be out of frustration of like the Donovan Mitchell stuff in, in Utah. And I just said it just as like a tongue in cheek thing. Sorry. Kristen, you've been a really good sport about that. And so we're (laughs) going to make sure to clip that up. You guys are, you guys are allowed to be mad. You are allowed to be mad at me. I take it. I take it all. I'm sorry. Maybe I should go and undo my mentions and I'll read all of your comments and I'll feel all the pain. I'm so sorry. (laughs) So Kristen, you've been covering Zion since what? He was a sophomore, sophomore in high school. Is that correct? freshman i mean i sent you the picture you're like oh is this where this came from i'm like what do you mean this is my picture right so So it's what was it like him you know go through that and then just explode onto the scene because there's an interesting you know i've read a couple of your articles there's interesting i I didn't know this uh we actually have a huge duke fan uh jared is a huge duke fan um i didn't know it, it, it came down between duke and kentucky and kentucky was surprised that he actually chose duke did you see that um when when covering him no 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 no. Uh, and let me tell you why like when when zion was a senior or you know and and duke had already had three of the top 10 players in the class they had rj barrett who at the time was the number one player in the class you had cam reddish top five player and trey jones top 10 number one point guard in the class so you have that going into zion's announcement Stepdad Lee played at South Carolina. That was like the heavy favorite. Everyone was thinking like he's going to South Carolina. Because mind you, like Zion didn't his senior year decide to go to like a big school and finish, you know, with all the roses. He stayed at his little private school playing against nobody in the middle of South Carolina, the middle of nowhere, you know, like he, he, it it, it didn't seem to phase him. So everyone thought it was either going to be South Carolina or Kentucky because at the time, Devon Dotson was his best friend, and they thought that they were going to be 
you know, like the one-two punch, like, um, you know, best buddies going to Kentucky and also Kansas. I would have put Kentucky, South Carolina, Kansas, like way up. And then Duke, like, what is happening? And so when he committed, I remember watching his commitment live and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> so then I'm texting John Shire and Jeff Capel, who were assistants at the time. I'm like, holy shit. Did you guys know? And he's like, coach is losing his mother effing mind like <laughs> nobody nobody knew that he was gonna go to duke until he announced it and then like it was just it was just this like monster class i sat down with all four of them at the mcdonald's game like it was just fun to hear everybody else's reaction to zion committing to that class so jared you know being a big duke fan you know zion going to duke it was electric it was probably one of the the greatest co- he was must watch um, what was that like as a Duke fan to see him, you know, play at Duke and you know, I mean, take over? I mean, when you when you think about it, like he wasn't really supposed to be the guy. It was supposed to be RJ Barrett. Like the team was supposed to, you know, play around him. And I think when Zion got there, it was more like, no, I I can I can play with these guys. No, I'm actually better than these guys. Like he became it. He became yeah. He was dunking on little kids in South Carolina in high school. Everybody knew that. But you wanted to see him play against competition every night. And I think that's probably why he went to Duke, because Coach a, Coach K was going to give him that opportunity. You know, it's the ACC, and then he was going to play in Madison Square Garden. Um, there, are so many opportunity, there were so many opportunities for him to, you know, glorify himself, right, or, or ingratiate himself in, in, you know, college lore. And he was box office. Everybody wanted to see Zion. So him going to Duke was big, but even bigger for himself. Can I tell you something? So remember Shoegate when yeah. he blew out his shoe and like was hurt for like a month or I don't even know how long it was. So the first game back, I can't even remember who they were playing, but I said to myself, because ESPN was hyping it up so much and I'm like, this is so annoying. And so I said, I was like, all right, what I'm going to do tonight is I'm going to count how many times Jay Billis and whoever else was on, how many times they mentioned Zion Williamson in this first game back do you know how many times it was it was they mentioned his name in a full game of basketball 68 times in one game and I'm just like oh my gosh ESPN is just eating the Zion like they they were all about they were on the Zion Williamson train like it was unbelievable and then leading into the draft was insane by the time I talked to a draft night he was so exhausted about just being the guy he was just ready for it to be over. And I remember asking him, I was like, where is your shoe that you blew out draft night? And he looked at me and he's just like, it's just a shoe, people. Who cares? <laughs> like he was so annoyed with it. He was just so done to be, or he's so ready to be done with everything about that one year at Duke because he was way, way overhyped. Not overhyped, but way over popularized, I guess, yeah. that season. I mean, yeah, think about it. He, he's been very very popular since he was what 14 15 years old i mean give or take and, and i don't even think it, i don't even think it was 14 i think it was his junior year so what is that 16 17 because okay. even when he was when he was i want to say like i first saw him it was at uh, adidas nate sorry it's so so sorry to cut you off but no, adidas nations the summer in between his sophomore and junior year and he was like this close to catching these dunks that were just like insane and we're like, all right, give it a year. He'll he'll figure this out. And then next summer, it was just like, 
LaMelo versus Zion Williamson, which, by the way, was the craziest AAU game I've ever been to. Like, the the fire marshal shut everything down. They wouldn't let LeBron and Bronny in with his six friends. NBA guys, because it was the middle of summer league, um, were lining the court, sitting in front of the VIPs. So you have, like, you I, I don't even – who was sitting? It was, like, Kelly Oubre sitting on the floor in front of an executive that, at Adidas. Like, it was the craziest AAU game I've ever been to. But, yes, all, all that to say, like, that summer in his junior year, before he hit his senior year, he hit, like, superstar status. Go ahead. Uh, was there any point – I know I read the article, actually, where you mentioned about the dunks, and, you know, I saw – I think it was a clip where he was on a fast break and he was he was he was almost about to post to somebody, but it yeah. didn't. Yeah, he was like right there. Did you at any point see then looking at him thinking like what he would be able to do now? Like, do you look at him now and be like, oh, I saw that? Oh, 100 percent. And like I didn't see his shooting um, being able to develop the way it has been. I mean, I know he was hurt all last season. Um, but you look, you look at his jump shot in high school, you're like, why do you even have a jump shot? You don't need a jump shot. You can get to the rim whenever you want. And so no one ever really paid attention to his jump shot, but then like his, I think it was his rookie season. He was shooting something ridiculous from three. Like you guys probably know is probably 30, I don't know, 36% from three averaging whatever. Like I, I should have looked this up ahead of time, but, um, but he was, I mean, he, he was, a, he's a better shooter than what I anticipated, but the all the athleticism has been completely to par what we saw in high school, and he's just been able to like grow on that, you know. And I know people worry about he's heavy footed. Um, he puts, well, I mean, we all saw it. He puts on weight when um, when he's injured, but his athleticism and what he can do just purely based on that is unmatched by anyone in the NBA. Yeah. And he's also developed a uh, little like turnaround, like fade away, like seven to 10 footer. He's hit it a couple of times. They won on the baseline. Actually one in the lane uh, a couple of nights ago, but Kristen, we can't thank you enough for joining the show. I'm so glad we got to connect and I'm sorry for all the backlash. Uh, when you tweeted, like, what did I do wrong? We kind of just, I was like, what did I actually, had a, I had a tweet. Somebody I was like, what did she do wrong? And then someone sent me the tweet. And so I'm glad we got to clear it up. You're officially off the list. So, you know, we can all, you know, be happy and everyone go follow Kristen. She does some great work for Yahoo sports and also rivals as well. Uh, Kristen, if you're ever in new Orleans, make sure you come say hi to us. Uh, we'd love to you know, catch up, chop it up, whatever you want, but you're always welcome on the show. So thank you so much for, uh, for joining us tonight. No, thank you guys for having me. And for the record, New Orleans is one of my favorite cities in America. So Kristen, I would, Kristen, love, you seem I like, would love to come. <laughs> I, I've read your, your header on Twitter. You like to eat and travel. What, would yes. you, what do you you know get when you come to New Orleans? This is going to make or break your list. Oh, my gosh. I've had the beignets or beignets. Beignets. There you go. <laughs> Good say. Beignets. beignets. Okay. Um, I've had some gumbo. Okay. Um, I was there for Super Bowl, uh, whatever year that was. Ravens 49? Yes, yes. I was there. I used to cover um, temple events, so like Super Bowl, World Cup, Olympics. Um, and it was it was incredible. So I was there for that Super Bowl. And when I tell you I had the best time, I found myself in Sean Payton's house at like 3 in the morning with like one of our NFL writers, my twin sister, 
and like four other people. And I'm like in his kitchen doing my, I mean, this is, this is not like, I'm not trying to like flex at all, but I was, I was doing, I was doing my stupid human trick. You guys can Google this. I was on the late show with David Letterman for stupid human tricks. I was at three in the morning. I'm like doing my can trick in Sean Payton's house. And it was like, and then my sister wakes up the next morning and she goes, can you send me that photo of you in Sean Payton's kitchen with Scott Fajita doing your can trick? And I'm like, this is, this is crazy. She's like, that's a sentence I thought I would never say in my life. So all that to say, I love New Orleans. I would love to come see you guys and eat some more food and it would be great. And Kristen, you're, you're a legend. Justin, I'm going to send you the clip. I'm going to send you Please. the clip. Of me. No, I'm going to do it right now. It's, I put it on YouTube. It's like, I, yeah, I mean, I already have this marked up to like put it out and promote it tomorrow. <laughs> so I, I definitely do need the clip. That's going to help us out. So uh, we can't thank you enough for joining us again, Kirsten. So thank you so much. Thank you guys for having me. Um, go Pels. <laughs> I appreciate yeah. you. Thank Thanks, you, Kirsten. Kirsten. Thank so. you. Uh, it was Kristen Peak of Yahoo Sports. Uh, we're going to get Jono on here in a second. He's waiting. I know the Saints just had a brutal loss. Uh, it was actually a 10-7 thriller. Ooh. That was one of the worst football games I've ever seen in my entire life. Let's actually get into this one, though. Um, Chaz, we're going to get back to you on. We'll go with you, Chaz, first. Uh, best performance so far this year uh, individually. I'm, I'm uh, interested to hear y'all's thoughts. Uh, best performance so far this year. Uh, I'd say Zion in that uh... – that Timberwolves uh, victory. I thought Zion was incredible uh, in that game. Um, yeah, I probably just go with that. Top forty-three that night. Um, yeah, against against Minnesota. Uh, Jared, you have one. Um, I'm I'm actually glad you brought this one up because this is what I'm gonna let you go ahead. But I thought this was his kind of like coming out one, coming out party. Yeah, uh, CJ McCollum, eleven threes. Um, and like it wasn't like. 11 threes just because he's hot no like we needed every bucket there were clutch threes like i didn't think he took a bad shot all night even even when you when you think like they were they were kind of in drop he was taking those he was getting to the rack it wasn't just just the threes it was the decisions that he was making yeah i think he had five assists that game it just everything that cj was doing made sense and it was the there was a timeout I believe for like two minutes left, and they put on the big screen uh, that he had broke Pedro Stajakovic's, uh, you know, team record, and like the city like loved him at that point, like like showed him a lot of love at that point, and and it was cool to one be a part of it, but two actually see it. He dropped forty two five assists, great memory right there. Uh, he went eleven of sixteen from deep, one of the best performances I've seen in a, in a Pelicans uniform ever. Um, Leo, I, you have the same answer as as uh, Chaz. I'm gonna throw one at you because you're gonna, you haven't seen my answer yet. Yeah. But my answer actually for the best performance of the year was actually Jonas Valanciunas against Milwaukee. Uh, he had 37 points and 18 rebounds. Ooh, and he goes he he hit seven threes that night. Mm. Mm. I mean, I mean, I, I, you know, listen, I, mm. I thought you'd like that. I, I thought you liked that one. I'm surprised actually because you are. Um, Jonas Valanciunas is the attorney. Uh, I'm surprised you actually didn't choose that because you you chose uh, the Timberwolves uh, one. I, um, I, I can't. That was a great game. Was, I know we lost, but I thought individually no, no, no. that if we if, he, if we don't have JB, we lose probably by thirty. I yeah. think I texted you that. Yeah, that was that was that was a tough night. I for was me. definitely being his attorney that night. But anyways, 
So listen, that was a great game by JV, and I'm I'm happy that we all can praise the big man from the. However, I was at that Zion. I was at the Timberwolves game when Zion scored 43. Were you with your mom? I was with my mom. Oh man! So I was sitting right there, mm-hmm. and it was a, it was at one point where, like, the light went off, mm-hmm. and I was like, Uh-oh. "Oh no, this is real." Yeah. No, no, he about to do this. No, he no, he really doing this. And like, I was like, "Oh my god." He, I think I tweeted this. I said he can walk on water. <laughs> you did tweet that. He actually. can walk on water. And then as soon as I tweeted it, he anticipated the steal, Yo. got the dunk. Yeah. And I was like, nah, nah, this is like seeing this in person, whatever. I don't know what Zion is, whatever he is. Yeah. Because there's no like, there's no clarification for him as a basketball player. I don't know. You can't, you know, people say Barkley, people say whoever, like, but nah. it's like, it's it's a, it's just a different type of athleticism. Yeah, Barkley couldn't do that. No, I'm, no, no, no. I'm no. glad you brought that up because Jared, I thought, had the best seat to one of the best performances I actually got to see on TV was Zion against Phoenix. Yeah. When you weren't working. Yeah. I mean, that was special. That that performance. I know that was some of. Uh, I think it was Ross's uh, best performance. That that performance against Phoenix when he took over. I mean, you went about taking over a game. He took over. Yeah, man. I mean, you ever if y'all have ever played uh, NCAA. Right. And maybe like, you know, when they, you know, had actually had a game, game. and they had like the Heisman moment and your, your drums, like your, your controller started like, do, 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 do. That's Zion, bro. Like once he gets in like in that mode, it's like ain't nothing stopping him. He can do whatever he wants. Um, yeah. The, the play, I, I, got, I think I think I sent Justin a video, but there was a play where Jose right. set the screen back like he saw it way before it happened. It's as if like, oh, I'm going to walk this thing up. Boom, boom, boom. And now I'm taking off, and there's nothing you can do about it because that was I think Devin, Devin Booker was under the rim, and he and he just dunked it. I'm like, it's on yeah. the right wing, yeah, it's on his weak side too. So his offhand, bro. Like I think Zion finally got gets to a point where like he sees the game totally different, and it's slowing down for him. So yeah, man. Yeah, that, hope, that was cool. hope he gets healthy. Go ahead. And that that game, that Timberwolves game, he dunked on Rudy with his right hand. With his right oh, hand, he dunked on Rudy with his right hand, yeah. and then he sent him to hell on a layup. Where he was face yeah. first, like a chalk outline <laughs> with the police department. Yeah. You tweeted that. Like, you want to see a dead body. Like, yeah. yeah that, that was a good one. That Zion, was, Zion might be one of the only players uh, that forces you not to go eat at halftime. Because, well, hold up. I want you to explain that because people leave at halftime and you miss about four minutes of that third quarter. And yeah, yep. that's when the dunk happened, right? It's like you got to get back to your seat. Like, you, you, if you do, you might miss something that's going to be on ESPN. You're like, oh, I was at that game, but you didn't see it. He's box office. For sure. Hey, we're going to bring on Jono Barnes right now. Jono, um, you need to cl- first off, welcome. Uh, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Goodness. Why are you sad? I, I mean, uh, actually, you know, we need to get into that. What's uh, that behind you? What's that sound behind you? What that say? I want to give a disclaimer before we do anything, guys. I'm in a bad mood. I'm in a very, very bad mood. And I was kind of calming down. It's been about four hours since that piece of crap game I watched today. I came on just long enough to see Justin apologize to Kristen. <laughs> you guys have gone soft. <laughs> Justin, I'm not that surprised at. Leo, you've gone soft. Wow, Leo got it called. You guys have gone soft. I'm going to be honest. I don't know much about Cheddar. I've seen him every now and then. But I can say this. 
This was a season derailing I don't care about the goddamn champagne story she told y'all. I don't care if she says, oh, I love New Orleans. I love it. I don't care. Come on, man. Y'all know the shit more than the game. This list, that list that you guys have created this past year, two years, nobody gets off the list that easy. I don't care what, I'm like, no, an apology needs to be as loud as disrespect was. <laughs> I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be, I didn't hear, hear the old interview yet. I'm going to watch it tomorrow. But you guys are getting soft. Wow. When you're in a bad mood, you guys already got my blood boiling. So let's go about this interview amicably. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move forward amicably. Uh, Jono, can, can you clear something actually up for us? Did your car actually get busted today or no? I'll leave it to the people. To That's unbelievable. Let man. their imagination yeah. goes where it wants to go. There's a magician uh, never give out his tricks. Okay. Uh, okay. Oh, okay. You okay. at the Dolphin White Swims? I, I feel you. I see where you at? No, bro, no. My, my, my car. Did not get broken into, and let me tell y'all that 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 is a. I mean, I thought it was an obvious joke, but it kind of shows you how easy it is to spread stuff on Twitter. Um, but I'm not going to admit it on Twitter. If people want to watch this episode and see that it was fake, they're more than happy to. I'll give y'all that excuse. But I'm not. I mean, like if you're dumb enough to see the punchline that I did and still believe that that was actually serious, then it just goes to show how Twitter can be sometimes. Yeah, five called you out, so he, he five actually nailed that one on the head. I was like, no, nah, that thing is a joke, but you know, I, I caught the punchline. But Jono, man, like I'm still mad at you five, but go ahead. I don't listen, listen, listen. Um, um, you know, we gotta we gotta be cautious about you know who we have on the list. We need to save the list for people that actually deserve to be on the list. I think I, I don't think she understood what maybe what you know what would happen if she did so. You know, I don't it's not like she's Anthony Davis, you know, you got her, it's like it's like going to prison, you know what I'm saying? You got her next to the killers. Nah, 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 nah. She, she, she was on probation. We let her off. She's straight. She, she good. Now Eddie Johnson, though, Eddie Johnson's not yeah. coming off. Well, then maybe y'all need to do like tears of what the list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because to me, when you make the list, you make the list. Yeah, that's cool. All right. right. And right. And don't me, don't honestly, the only way that we can even take off anybody off the list is after we've won a championship. Okay, so, let me let me let me let me clarify a little bit, Jono, because. We took we took Kendrick Perkins off because he said I know what the uh, that 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 was yep. sacrilegious. I don't care because I guarantee you one thing: the second the second that this team starts struggling again, whenever that happens, he's gonna be right back on that TV show saying, "I'm oh, moving to Seattle." So I'm not, you know, okay. I'm not as sympathetic or not. There you go. The fact that these pundits who do address, you know, the fact that we called him out, I'm, I'm applause to them. But I'm not letting my foot off anyone's neck who came at my team and my city disrespectfully last season, the whole history. And let me tell you, I don't know if y'all know, I was a ball boy for the team for 13 years. So I actually have a solid, you know, relationship with Kendrick Perkins, and he's still on my shit list. Hell with that. I'm with you. I'm with you. Wait, hold up. You're acting hard right now. You you accepted J.J. Redick off the list. I, I, I didn't accept Kendrick Perkins, though. Wow. You never told me that. That's the first time I'm hearing this. I, I, if he donated to the church, he didn't. He didn't. That's the problem. I think we got to probably add him back to the list then. He should have never been taken off the list. Never. 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 That's fair. All right, Jonah, let's get into it. So, um, Saints season, Saints season over, Pelicans, uh, third team, third best record in the West. Uh, what are you liking from this team? I know you're a big Pels, Pels fan. Uh, you know, Zion's injured right now. Brandon working his way back. But, you know, we've been talking about best performances so far this year. What, 
what was your best performance or what was the most electric, you know, game that you remember from the first half of the season? I'll give you a different answer since the obvious answer was Zion's Minnesota game. And before that, I thought Zion and both of his performances against San Antonio was amazing. I granted San Antonio isn't the greatest team, but to see how he just took on that whole team and he had no answer for him was awe-inspiring. But I'm going to go with Jose Alvarado's. Uh, how many points he had that game? Was it 30? 38. 38. I mean, that was incredible for undrafted rookie um, to see him continue to excel. And unfortunately, he's had a bit of a slump since that game because he hurt his ribs the next game or the game after that. But that was just, you know, that's the type of stuff that makes New Orleans fall in love. Of course, we want to love the superstar performances from our key guys. But when you have someone like Jose Alvarado who embodies what this city is all about, that's why this city is falling in love with this team. He represents everything that New Orleans stands for. And for him to have that performance, that was pretty awesome. I was glad to witness that. That was a great answer. Go ahead, Leo. Hey, hey, Jono, man. I, you know, I feel like I've been knowing you a long time, man. You know what I'm saying? The small city, yeah. Leo. We do know each other, yeah. You no, know, we, yeah, man. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to uh, shout out to Kevin, man. That's my, that's my guy. Um, I got a question for you though. That's not basketball related. I saw you get called out on a tweet earlier, and um, it was quote tweeted, man. And um, I feel like it was out of context. And of course, you came back and provided the context. It's not even really a sports related question, but don't you just hate when people do that? I mean, I get called out every day on Twitter. So, but I'll tell you what, and you guys can understand this now that you are in a content space. Um, if you put yourself out there, you're going to get called out, right? Like you're opening yourself up to a larger base of people, and you're going to get called out. You're going to sometimes get made fun of. Um, Chaz knows this perfectly. <laughs> so, so you gotta have some very, very thick skin to be in this game. Where whether it's doing podcasts, whether it's my type of content, whatever, you gotta have thick skin. Honestly, I kid you not. I it doesn't bother me. Like I, when I started doing my content, I said, and my audience started growing. You know, I've had people make fun of me. I've had people come at me, or whatever. I don't lose any sleep over. I actually kind of you know get off on it. Like it entertains yeah. me. Um, you can't be offended by this stuff. You can't get mad when people call you out. It is what it is. People are calling me out today over stupid stuff. I, I tweeted out there, Leo, like, I don't realize how often random accounts block me. <laughs> it happens to me all the time. Like, you know, my tweet is, I'm, I'm, I'm a silly guy on Twitter. So I'm like, well, goddamn, are my skits that bad to people that they block me? I mean, at least milk me, sheesh. Hey, hey, look, follow-up question, though. Follow-up question, just this is a layup. How fast should Dennis Allen be fired? <laughs> Man, he shouldn't have got on a bus back home. And the crazy thing is, it wasn't even a bus back home because it was a home game. His wife should not have him back in the car. He should have been able to trip straight to Lewis Airport and give him a Southwest flight at that, you know, really. <laughs> and bring him back to Atlanta, Oakland, wherever the hell he came from. And you know what? I'm real mad at now. Y'all about to get me started again. Like, there's fans in my mentions and there's fans on Twitter talking about stuff. Uh, no, nah, you know, you don't want to be seen as dysfunctional if you fire a coach after one season. What the hell are we this season? We already are dysfunctional. Give me a break. <laughs> you got him going, didn't you? Yeah. You wanted to get it going. I don't get it. Guys, we literally saw. A year ago, with Stan Van Gundy, like you take your L, you move on, you there find you somebody else who can lead you to prosperity. Hey, so but hold on, Jono, let me cut you off. Let me cut you off there real quick because they quit on Stan Van Gundy. I feel like these guys haven't quit on Dennis Allen from from, from what I'm saying. Justin, like you're professional, you shouldn't quit. 
That's fair. Like, congratulations. Yeah. Your team is still – I don't care. Like, like Brandon quit like two weeks in. <laughs> I have never seen a head coach with four losing seasons on his head coaching resume. He's going to get a fifth season. Like, I feel like that's historic, like that this guy continues to get chances. You actually have fans that feel sorry for him. He's the luckiest guy in the world. This is the most cutthroat business in the United States, the NFL, or the NBA, and all these sports leagues. And he's going to get a fifth year with nothing to show for it? Then they got the fans that always come at me saying, well, Sean Payton has 79 seconds too. Sean Payton won a Super Bowl. Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't want to keep No, going. no, no. You're good. You're good. It's, it's a family show. I get it. <laughs> yeah. Jonah, what's, what's really we, – we met in passing at the mall. Yeah. And – What's really funny is like, no, you're really like this in person. Like, yes. no, you're really it's like that. Bad. Like, do do you get that a lot? You know, where where people <laughs> you know talk to you like, oh shit, you're really really like this in person, bro. I think the more people learn of me, they realize it. But um, yeah, nah, man. Can we curse on the show, guys? Yeah, somewhat. I mean, like, just to round off like three shit. Uh, it doesn't matter at this point. Very strategic, Justin. Where my curse was, I'm not trying to keep that saddle down or anything. But when I say this shit more than the game, y'all, this shit is more than the game. That's not something that I'm doing to sell t-shirts or something. Maybe one thing, you know, I like money. Yeah. But this shit more than the game, and that's the embodiment embodiment of me. And so, no, it's not an act. It's not a fact. Y'all should see the last video I put up today whenever this show is over. Y'all might think that it's fake, but it's not. It's real deal Holyfield. And I'm not going to say what the video is, but watch the video after the show. It was real deal. Like, this is it's more than a game. Chaz, I feel like you and Jonah are kind of like one and the same because how do you how do you handle it? How, Chaz, I'm very interested in see How do you handle your backlash? Well, <laughs> to be totally transparent, I tend to think very little of people. <laughs> so I I just lead with disrespect. Like I just return the same so he, amount. You, yesterday he said you leave with love. No, 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 no. So we all we all got, you know, it's all you know, there's different forms of love. Sometimes love is a good, you know, slap in the back of the head, you know. That's that's a that's a good love. So um nah, you have to you got to just return the same energy, like I don't even I don't know you or think of you. Why you you blocked me? I never even heard of you. Like, you know, I don't even know who you are. Like, I, 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 I tend. Honestly, I wouldn't give a person like myself that much control over me because I shouldn't have power like that. I'm not a responsible person. Don't give me that type of power. You don't hurt yourself like that. I have, I have, boy. <laughs> you, 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 that's dangerous. Don't do that. So I'm, I'm, I shouldn't be, I shouldn't be given that type of authority over people. <laughs> but go ahead. That's too good. Presented to you by Comfy Burger, located at 4600 Ferret Street. Uh, Jonah, last thing before I let you go. Um, you know, as you mentioned, you said you worked with Pelicans for the last is it, or 13 years. Is that right? Yes, sir. Um, is this the most exciting time in Hornets Pelicans franchise history? Well, first, Justin, I want to say you're a very loyal person because going back to Chaz's point, I mean, every time, you know, it's like every three months, he just says a take that gets Pelicans Twitter wild. And I obviously like two or three people saying, how can Buku Media employ his guy? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's loyalty. Chaz, that's a very, very loyal person. That's my guy, bro. I love Chaz. That's my guy. I, I <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, and like, Chaz, it's quick. Twitter, like, yeah, you know, you don't take that serious. I don't reciprocate energy. What I do is, I'm very, very good at self depreciating humor. So, like, <laughs> and I know that's people who say it in private, like, 
I don't see why this general guy has so much um, of a platform of followers. His stuff isn't that funny. And I'll say, yeah, you know what? I don't, I don't, my, my wife agrees. My stuff isn't that funny. Like, <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate you when that, that stuff rolls off my back. Um, Justin, I would say 2007 is going to be tough to beat. That was a pretty special season that I'm still. Janelle Parker. Um, I do think that this season has potential to be it. Losing B.I. Ingram really kind of, we hit a wall with it, the excitement factor of it. I think that, I'm not saying that, you know, the season's about to go off the rails, but I don't think. Oh, it's been there. Yeah, worth the time. <laughs> I don't think, um, I don't think we're going to be like fighting out for the one or two seed, not even maybe the three. I do think we're going to still be a top six team, but when you lose your two best players and at this point, Law knows when B.I. is going to come back. They keep saying he might come back this week and that week and then every week after it's like, oh, the next week he's coming back. Um, it kind of – you lose a bit of the momentum, which is horrible time, and given that the same season is finally over that. This was the out of time for the team to, like, really show them the whole city, including the general fans, what, what they're made of. Um, it would depend on – we got to let the season play out. Like, I think March and April is when we can really see how much fun this season can be how exciting this season goes down in the history of Pelicans and Hornets history. But until then, I'm still going to put 2007 as that top year because that year was, I mean, we were kicking teams ass. We were like, I remember, it was, I mean, after February, it would always be like a theme of like the game would be close by halftime and then third quarter, CP3, Tyson and D West would just take over and then go into the fourth quarter, we'd be up by like 20, 25 points. And it was like, Consistently, like every game, we were just whooping teams. But and I was convinced we were going to the Dawn Championship until the Lakers traded for Paul Gasol. But uh, <laughs> I do think it has potential, but we have to let it play out. I do think that this next stretch of years, God wouldn't if Zion and Bi stay healthy, is going to be really fun. But like I genuinely, not even as just a well, probably as a fan, I do think we're going to win the championship in three or four years if those two. Well, mainly, honestly, Zion. If Zion stays healthy, I think we're going to win the championship in three or four years. Well, John, I can't thank you. First off, thanks for like we, I, we finally found some time like for you to come on the show. So, I want to be a regular. No, I, dude, you're you trust we're, we're launching this new Sunday night show, so you're more than welcome to come. I want to be in the studio. Come on, I, I'm so surprised you guys apologize to people like Christian. I can be like hell with all that. <laughs> uh, if you don't know Jonah Barnes does great work uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Jonah Barnes and also on his YouTube page uh, as well in which I'll put the link uh, in the comments but Jonah love the work you do very appreciative of your time and thanks for coming on Justin Lito 5 Chaz you guys be safe I'm still mad at y'all <laughs> but I like y'all enough that I'm willing to Turn the other cheek, okay? Really, really <laughs> hey, we appreciate you, bro. Remember, this shit more than the game, all right? So don't be apologizing. <laughs> you, you, you put on the list because they have bad reason to be on there. I don't want to hear no more apologies. If you take them off the list, that's fine. But don't apologize to them, okay? You're right. You're right. Uh, no more. You're right. Okay. I, I, hold up. First hold off, up. before I let you off, Lito is, well, yeah, you're something, dude. I mean, what you're you unbelievable. I never forgave Kendrick Perkins, bro. I'm but you just, never said a word. That's the problem. So Jonah said, oh, yeah, I never let you he's off. He's don't die, Justin. I'm that's from Utah. Yeah, I, I two different uptimes. Right? <laughs> hey, uptimes. hey, hey, Justin forgets. Lito doesn't remember that. <laughs> well, I never forget. General Barnes, thanks so much. Appreciate you joining the show, brother. All right, let's get into the uh, last segment of the show presented to you by DraftKings, the official sports betting partner of Boo Crew Media. Um, we're going to start with Chaz because I think this is a very legit topic here. Um, Chaz, trade targets coming here in the next couple of weeks. 
Um, we're gonna go Chaz. We'll go. We'll go five, and we'll go Lido. Who would you like to see? Because you, you've been um, pretty adamant. You've been very vocal on in the trade market. Um, who do you want the Pelicans and, and David Griffin, the front office, to target here in the next couple of weeks? Well, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to just keep it real here. I'm gonna steal Ross's answer. Um, I would like to see us target Shea Gilders Alexander for a couple of reasons. One, um, I have my concerns about adding another ball dominant player to the floor with Brandon. Uh, Zion and CJ, but I really think my concerns were overstated because they never play anyway. So it wouldn't matter who you if you added another ball dominant player to the team. I think you should go after Shea. I think you get rid of all those first round picks. You don't know how to use them anyway. Um, and go get you a guy who's playing MVP ball right now. Has most of the games you know Shea has missed. Have been, you know, they, they were tanking. You know, Shea's a really healthy guy, um, three-level scorer. Hell, this is an incredible player. Threat for a triple-double almost every night. Go get you a, a, a actual guy, you know what I'm saying? Somebody who's had some levels of, um, I guess you could say success, because before Shea gets injured, his team is always in the playoff hunt, and then he mysteriously gets injured. So, um I think that's the guy. Go get you a number two, one option type guy. Chaz, so I, I'm going to, um, in the graphic that we're going to post out here, which you'll already listen to the show, but you have Gary Trent Jr., who I also think is an mm-hmm. interesting piece. Uh, why do you want, why would, I mean, SGA is obviously a home run hit. Mm-hmm. Why would you want Gary Trent uh, on this roster as well? Well, the reason I would target a guy like Gary Trent, I think what you see now, specifically, again, with your, First round picks. The reason Najee gets as many opportunities as he does because he's one of the only people. Him and um, my guy Jose. Uh, those are the only guys who can it create for themselves. They're the only guys who can get into the teeth of the defense. You got a guy like Gary Trent, who's another three level scorer. The only hesitation with me, you know, as it pertains to Gary Trent Jr., is um, he's also a really good defender. It's that he is a free agent um, this upcoming season, so you're gonna have, you're gonna have to break out the bank you know, to get him back here. And I do worry about some redundancy with him and CJ. But ultimately, look, you you need as many available guys on this team, guys who are consistently available, who have a history of being available. And um, I think if Gary Trent is an option, he should be kind of cheap to get. He's probably one of the more uh, available guys on that Toronto ro- uh, roster from what I've gathered in uh, – I think he'd be a great option. Good answer. Five. Um, I think y'all both have really interesting answers. Uh, we'll start with five and Lido. Uh, five, you have <laughs> you have someone listed in which he was allegedly part of the Anthony Davis trade. Uh, why don't you elaborate a little bit on that? Kyle Kuzma. Kyle Kuzma. You know why? Because Kyle Kuzma can stretch the floor, and he's a really good rebounder. I mean, really good rebounder. Like, he's had games where he's had 18 rebounds, you know, and he's playing really well for the Washington Wizards, but I don't think they're going anywhere. Um, I'd have to look at his contract and see. And I'm see, pulling that up right now. Because uh, I, I didn't do that that research because I didn't I didn't care. I think, in, in, although, you know, there might be some kind of beef between him and Brandon Ingram, right? But if we had somebody like a, a Kyle Kuzma type. Can I cut you off real quick? Go ahead. Um, 13 million this year and then un- unrestricted free agent so, 2024. So yeah. 
I guess similar to rental. Yeah. So, but again, with the, with a guy like Kyle Kuzma, I think he kind of shores up some things. Uh, it would be somewhat similar to the the Bojan in a sense, right? Just to have another knockdown shooter, somebody you can run some plays for and not worry about him on the defensive end, and he gets bored. So he's somewhat athletic, um, good screener, understands basketball, played alongside LeBron, and played really well. So you you have him on side on side of, of, of Zion. When he when he comes back, I think that kind of raises your your floor a little bit. Yeah, I mean, just looking at Kyle Kuzma, just the box score, I mean, he's a thirty three percent three point shooter, but I mean, he averages seven and a half rebounds, which you talked about twenty one point four points per game, four assists. Um, good player. Um, that's an interesting target. Uh, I mean, the the what would you? Well, let me ask you this: If he's a one year rental, because Chad said the same thing about Gary Trent Jr., are you overpaying for a one year rental? I'm not overpaying for it. So then what would you what what gets it done in your mind for Kuzma? For someone like Kuzma, are you giving up a Lakers first round? Hell no. Okay. Hell no. Hell no. Are you giving a Milwaukee first rounder then? I don't know. It just depends. Are you more giving players? Probably players in in a sense. Go ahead. Right. That I'm not gonna say who, but you know, if if we if we were to, you know, make space for that, I think we could. I think we have the cachet too, because you know, because we got some guys that are expiring too, right? That that we kind of need to move, and I think Kyle could actually fill that void at being on. Because you're really trying to you're trying to maximize on the opportunity that you currently have, right? The, the window is here, the window is right now, and you need to do that ASAP. That's fair, Lito. You have an interesting um, you have an interesting answer. You've liked this guy for a long time, and I actually like him too. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, <clears throat> I I have wanted us to be a part of. Kevin heard a sweepstakes since yeah. I want us to draft him, to be honest. Um, I just give y'all just just make this real quick. In his last 10 games, 17.7 points, shooting 43% from three, 85% free throw shooter, 51% uh field goal percentage. But but if we dig a little bit deeper into the numbers, right? Effective field goal percentage, he's shooting 61%. Mm. He's shooting 58% from twos, and he's shooting 41% from threes. You got a guy, Kevin Herter, who is 6'7", 24 years old, right? He can not only create shots for himself, he can create shots for others. You know what I'm saying? He's a decent defender. He's not He's not going to be Herb Jones, but he's a body. He knows how, he knows how to move his feet, his, his feet. And most importantly, for who we need and what we have, he can stretch the floor. Yeah. So – I think like you get a player like that coming off the bench with what we have, man. That's the question is. I don't, and listen, I don't know if he's. I don't know if he's available. Right, I don't he's know on a Kings team that's probably in a playoff push. You, know, you have to overpay for him. But a guy like Kyle Kuzma, a guy like Gary Trent, but like if you wanted to go make a splash, go get a Kevin Herter, right? What would you give up? It's not, and that's not even to me. That's not even a big splash. That's that's. It's not a big splash, but it's a guy. It's like. Right, so you have to go get. I mean, he's he's been very productive for the Kings. Uh, Mike Brown's trot. Obviously, he's 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 turned that that culture around. Um, you you can't get him for cheap, right? So, like, what are you gonna go? Yeah, I'm, what are you I'm, gonna give up? I mean, I'm I'm willing to. We we got a war chest. We got players. Like, I I'm willing. To, I'm not saying I'm willing to give up first, and you know what I'm saying. But we have some second rounders. We have players on inspiring deals. Like Five said, you got you know players. Towards the end of the I, bench, might be, I might look I'm at a, that Milwaukee joint for him. 
I mean, I look at that I, Milwaukee I, joint for him. He makes I mean, so do it, bro. You can only play fifteen players. Ludo, he makes he can only play five players actually. So Ludo, he, yeah, he makes fourteen this year, fifteen, sixteen, and seventeen, twenty-five, twenty-six. So he's signed through twenty twenty-six. Beautiful. Let's um, do it. <laughs> no, because I'm ready. To, I'm gonna close up. I'm gonna close up the show with this with this question. I'm gonna start with Chaz because Chaz has been on this. I think you've actually mentioned this too, Jared. Um, that Lakers first round pick this year. I think we all agree now. It might be time. It might be time to catch. You're not getting Wembenyama. Did I pronounce that right? Yeah. Good yeah. enough. Did I pronounce that right? Wembenyama. We ain't going to get him Wimbenyama. so it don't matter what his name is. There you go. Chaz, is it time? Is it time to move on? I, I really wish you didn't tell me Kevin Hurd's contract because I forgot he was locked in for that long. Look, uh, is it time? Yeah, it, but it's been time for a minute, bro. It's been time for a minute. You can't keep wasting assets you can't keep letting these assets depreciate soon as they turn into these catch myself soon as they turn into some of these players they're worthless like you know what i'm saying you you know they're worthless so yes it, it's time it, it's 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 time to, to to make something happen because like how, how many projects are you going to have on one team you can't develop everyone Move the move the picks, man. Just move them, man. Get rid of them. Like, just get rid of them, bro. Just get rid of the picks, bro. I mean, you can't really disagree with that. Like, I don't disagree with it. You know, pick picks are valuable. What? Is, all right, hold up, hold up, five. Because I want I want to present this to you, and we're going overboard. I don't care because off that Lakers pick, off that Lakers pick, you've gotten Brandon Ingram, and then you turn Josh Hart and CJ McCollum. We go down the list. And you got Herb Jones, Dyson Daniels, etc. At what point, though, do you stop caring about picks? Because if we're we're talking about windows, if we're talking about windows, right now you're in the window for the next four or five years. You don't need another first round pick, Lita. You look pretty oh. like you're ready to roll. Like you don't, for the next four or five years, uh-huh. you're not going to use your first round pick, and it's not going to be a productive pick. Justin, so when do you make a when do you make a move? Justin, there's a there's a uh, there's a there's a quote from a general manager for a professional football team. Uh, who won the Super Bowl and he wore a shirt that said "F them picks." Yo, get off it! What, you can, again? There's only so many roster spots. You cannot keep drafting players for them to either go to the G League, sit, you know what I'm saying, get red shirt, whatever. Like Herder, like get red shirt. I'm just saying. <laughs> I just that was funny. That's I'm just saying, like that's a good point. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that's that's potentially what you, you babysitting. And I feel like we're, we're Herder or Shy or whoever, right? Like these windows that we think we have, these windows aren't real. These windows right. are not a real thing, right? Like these windows close before you know them. You got to strike while the iron is hot, right? Like I think Griffith's done a phenomenal job of acquiring talent, acquiring picks. I think now it's time to cash in on it, though. Like I don't I, like who's to say I'm not speaking this to the universe, but who's to say? Bi come back at the end of the season is like, yo, I, I don't want to play anymore. I want to, I want to, I want to move on. I want to do something in my life. Right? That window is now closed. You capitalize <laughs> on the window while it's open. Just saying. Man, I'm go ahead. I mean, fucking jazz. I, I get it. Right, right. Like everybody's waiting on this this Laker thing, Lakers season to, to kind of take. Why are we waiting? That's what I'm saying. Right? Is is it financial or is it business? I mean, is it financial or is it play? Because if it's financial, I understand it. But if it's not, dog, you got to cash in on that right now. Because 
According to business experts, you draft Wimbenyama, that increases your value by $500 million, right? $500 million if you draft that young man. That's based on experts. Bro, if you... <laughs> I, I so I get it right. If you had that opportunity, that's why you see so many teams kind of like they're, they're going to tank. They're going to they, the downturn is going to happen. But you see LeBron, but yeah, you see LeBron. Watch him. Yeah, and and, I, and I'm I'm like, all right, well, and I really like Scoot Henderson too. But if you want to win a chip, a uh, win a championship, that shit does not matter. Especially for the New Orleans Pelicans, we're talking about a championship contending team. Can yeah. I chime in? Ahead, I'm sorry for No, go ahead. Go ahead, Jack. No, yo. Pelicans have the fourth pick, the eighth pick, the 13th pick, the 13th pick again. They've netted nothing from those picks. Nothing. Traded a pick for Derek Favors, right? Traded a pick to get uh, Devontae Graham. Traded a pick to, well, I guess it was a three-team thing to move off of uh, Steven Adams. Dude, you, at, at what point do you, like, you know what? Maybe this ain't my area of expertise. Let me just let me pivot. Right. <laughs> like let me pivot to another, you know, brand of team building. Like let me let me do what's been working for me. Like at, at some point, yo, like <laughs> like I, I'm trying to be as politically correct as possible, bro. Get get rid of the picks, bro. Just just get rid of the picks. We need bro, to get bro. rid of the picks, Lakers and Milwaukee, because. Oh look! Get rid of all of them. Get, get rid of all of them. It because no, Giannis came out with that weird comment. Uh, maybe before the season, he was like, ah, okay. "I can see myself okay. for another team, right?" And we have the pick from 2029. So, so, like, my my thing is, I I totally understand Chaz, and I, I agree with him because, like, you need players. You need actual people right, right. now. Not somebody you got to teach the NBA game to. Not somebody that has to catch up to the speed. Not somebody that has to get bigger or, or you know, somebody like Wimbenyama that, yeah, he might bring a great financial gain to your team, but also five years away. Five years, you know, he might he might have foot problems like like your man in OKC. Like who? Wait, wait who's the man? Who's who's the man? Who's I, I can't. You're 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 putting oh. up the mic. Yeah, like, oh, Chet Holmgren, yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah, so like, you know, so oh, these man. things can happen to like you need people that can play right now and can can play well right now that fits the mold of your team. Like, I, I get it, I do, I understand. You know, you got these scouts out here looking at these cats for nine, ten years almost. It seems like, and then you going the the pick that they they've been looking at, you're gonna trade it away, and God damn it, you just gotta do it. I th- so I wholeheartedly agree. Go ahead. I think that I think that I agree with 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 what Chaz and Barbara saying. I, and that's what I'm saying about windows. Like the windows aren't real, right? Like, and I think Griffith's done a good job with finding talent in the second round. I think he's done a good job with trades, being able to leverage uh, his experience against other teams in trades and give back value and get back get this war chest. And I think at some part, at some point. When you have the chess, like you don't want to end up being Danny Ainge and mm-hmm. yo, we almost had this guy. We we were in a mix with this guy. We were in a running for that guy. And you just sitting on the picks and then the pick eventually they expire. That's a great point. Eventually, like with the picks, like you also have to pick people. Like like you have to draft somebody with that draft pick. Like yeah. I'm ready. I I I keep saying this, I've had multiple conversations, but can y'all remember a time 
when the West was this weak or oh, this gettable. That's my. I'm not point. saying I'm not saying weak, but gettable because it's weak. If I asked this, Jared, if I was like, "What it's, team really scares you in a seven game series?" Everyone would be like, "If if we ask this to other people, they'd be like, I probably don't want to see the Pelicans in a seven game series. I probably don't." The West isn't the West isn't weak, nor is the that was wrong. I, I meant gettable. No, 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 no. I think that. there's just more parity in the NBA right now. I think there's no team out there that really scares you. Like I'm gonna be honest, the the Milwaukee Bucks don't scare me because I think Bud is not that great of a coach. The Celtics actually do scare me. That would be one team that does scare me. I'm still scared to go to state. And I'm not surprisingly because I love Golden State. I'm not. But that's the thing, right? They have I they have things that that are similar to the Celtics, right? They have a really smart coaching staff, right? And they have really smart players that don't need their coaching staff to tell them what to do all the time. That's they fair. just play. Like I I was at the Celtics game versus Pelicans, but I was at, there as a fan with my kids, and I'm like, they don't even look over there. They're not even. But they've been. But they've been part of it. They've 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 gone through it. But yeah, getting there. But even then, it's like they're not even. That's X and X's and O's are are cool. Timeout situations, or we need a bucket right now. I can, but the play is the players, and if they're not like doing it on their own, it can't be just you know looking over at the sideline. So that's what I'm saying. If we can get to that point where you know we're outsmarting teams, not just out efforting people. Right or just having good shooting nights. What about the nights that we can't shoot, and and we can't? They're they're effort. You gotta figure it out. And you gotta, you gotta figure. Out, it I gotta out. outthink you. I gotta outthink you. We we don't have that yet. And here's the thing: who's to say, uh, hypothetically speaking, who's to say the guy that we drafted Trey Murphy for? Who's to say he'll ever really turn into him? Who's to say Herb or Dyson or whoever or whoever will turn it in while you have the opportunity not to say the West is weak, but while it's, while it's a down year, maybe that's a good, is that a good? I'm going to be honest. I don't think the play is, you think the plays down? No, when I say down, I mean, okay, this is what I mean. Like right now, Golden State isn't really themselves. Like I know we waiting on the Lakers and they not, they go be, you know, whatever, but like they not go at the end when it's all said and done, they not go be a, a bottom whatever team in the league, right? Yeah. Like, and, and I'm just saying that to say that those are those are the, the top heavy teams and they're not like where they are right now. So that's the only reason why I'm using that term. But while we are one of the best teams right now, I think like you should take advantage of that. I think you, I think you can't count and say, yeah, it's going to be like this next year. Yeah, and that's like, not- we go run this for the next yeah. four years. Like yeah. it just don't go like that. Can I, can I end it with this? And Chaz, I'm going to end it with you. Mm-hmm. You always tell me in our conversations, we're not the Boston Red Sox. We're not. Yeah. We're not the New York Yankees. We're not the Golden State Warriors. We're not the Los Angeles Lakers. There are only so many times where you have a chance to make a finals. Toronto Raptors. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. They had to make a tough ass decision to Marduras. That was right. a tough decision, but they made it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so where I'm at is we're the New Orleans Pel- Like you have to realize that sooner or later, like, you're the New Orleans Pelicans. You're not the Lakers. You're not the Celtics. You're not these like great teams. Right. We've never had, I know Jonah mentioned the 07 team, Chaz. We've never had a real team that was like, hey, they can be, they can be champions. Chaz, like, walk me through that, though. Like, this well, is like, if you look at this roster now, you've talked about it, you've seen them play when they're fully healthy. We haven't really seen them play mm-hmm. in games, but 
they have a ch- they have a legit chance. Yeah, and I think one thing to the to the guys' credit, uh, especially to Lito's point, this is a very peculiar thing that's happening this year. You got Jamal Murray coming off a devastating injury. You got um, Kawhi Leonard coming off a devastating injury, trying to work his way back. You got Paul George working back from injury. AD's hurt. You know what I'm saying? You Michael Porter Jr. is coming back from a devastating injury. Those Devin teams, Booker's hurt. Devin Booker, Damian Lillard, all of these people who are supposed to be the forefronters in this conference have strange situations going on. DeAndre Ayton, look, this is New Orleans, and aside from it being New Orleans, this is the Pelicans. There's only two avenues to getting better as an organization when you're a small market team with no history of success. One, via draft. You've proven you're not good at that. So let's take that off the table. Two, via trade. It's, it's your only option. So it's getting to the point where I have to ask you, what is your goal? Is your goal to just be like a you know a cool little team with a bunch of young guys people like? Or is your goal to win? Because if your goal is to win, you have to make moves. You, you don't have the time. Because Memphis, who is a better team than the Pelicans, they also have assets. They also have uh, salary space. They also have more talented players that they can trade to get better. OKC, litany of assets. You know what I'm saying? Already have an MVP caliber player who's usually pretty available. You got Chet Holgren waiting in the wings. You got a couple other like really solid role players. You know what I'm saying? You don't, you have competition. Other teams have avenues to get better. You know what I'm saying? You don't have time to, to play around. Like you, you really don't. So um that that that's my perspective on it. I think if you have even a 10% opportunity to win a ring, you go all in and you, you go for it. I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, do you have anything to say? Because we're gonna close it up. No, man, just I agree. Just those teams, the 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 opportunity doesn't always come around like this, right? And, and if you have one, take it. Just take it. I mean, go down like nobody's tripping if you lose out. Like, bro, Nobody. you gotta go for it. You gotta go for it. And if you if you if you lose your job over something that you, then then it is what it is. You're gonna get another one. You're David Griffin. Right. I I'd appreciate you being aggressive. Then yeah, just standing pat. Yeah. Like I, I think, because the roster does need upgrade. Yeah. I, nothing in life is perfect. Nothing. You can nothing. always get better. You can always upgrade. Yeah. I mean, the roster's not perfect. Like injuries like, factor. You've built it from like it was tumultuous, right? We we didn't. It was know. Seattle. That's what it was. It, <laughs> it was Seattle. It was. It was. It was terrible. It was close. You know, it was real close. And you've and you've got this to a point where you have a foundation. Cool. But what's the next step for you? I mean, David Griffin. I mean, not not to just continue to say his name, but like he said before, he wanted to build something from the ground up. You that know, was the, sustainable. Right. Sustainable. Right. And. His idea was to actually win a championship without LeBron around. He probably didn't say it verbatim like that, but you know it. You know that they claim that that championship is LeBron's championship. So he probably wants to do this his way. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, listen, I think y'all make great points. Um, I'm ready. There's a window. I believe in the window. I think it's four to five years. You got Brandon, you got time for a while. I know Brandon's got to start playing. Uh, hopefully he's back in the next couple of weeks. But damn, that was a fun show. Yeah, I, mean, I enjoyed show. it. Yeah, Jono, Chris, and Peak appreciate y'all joining the show. Chaz, as always, uh, five and Lido, uh, presented you by Company Burger, located forty six hundred for Red Street, New York Life. Topo Chico, and of course DraftKings. DraftKings, the official sports betting partner of Boo Crew Media. Bet 
Use code BOOT, bet $5 on any NFL team to win their game, especially playoffs coming up. You win $150 in free bets. That's DraftKings. Sports code BOOT, the official sports betting partner of Boot Crew Media and the NFL and NBA. So make sure you like, comment, subscribe. I always mess that up, Jared. I, I should have done it in the beginning. I, I, you know what? <laughs> try to get better, okay? You always look to get better. Because you can so, always get better. Nothing's perfect. Nothing is perfect. Tomorrow we play Washington, which is funny because you see Kyle Kuzma. So uh, we will have a recap for you all then. Make sure y'all like, comment, subscribe. Love to hear y'all's thoughts on the show. See y'all later.